The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. Now, in the green scene, how AI can help save endangered species. Uh, but first, genetic, genetically modified silkworms to produce pure and incredibly strong spider silk. In other words, silkworms producing spider webs. I'm joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. And congratulations to you. Oh, thank you, you very much. You got a Women in STEM Award for Science. I did. I was very grateful to get that last week and thanks to, um, to the, the show here, which I'm sure is a part of it. Well deserved. Now, making silkworms produce spider web, I mean, that's Frankenstein. It, it sounds a bit that way and you might ask why. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the reason is that spider silk has incredible properties and anyone that's been out looking at a web covered in, you know, heavy droplets of water on a frosty morning will know that it's incredibly strong. And, and, and it's actually so strong, it's six times stronger than Kevlar, that material people might have heard of, a man-made material that's mm. used to make things like bulletproof vests. So people are interested in it because it could be a very sustainable alternative to those kind of products that are made using essentially fossil fuels. It's a plastic-based material. But it hasn't been easy. And that is because spiders uh, are quite wild and they resist domestication because they eat each other if you keep them together. So it's one way to avoid so being tamed. So the silkworm tamed. is just quietly just the doing silkworm- and, and of course, there. we farm silkworms anyway for silk. But 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 so far, it hasn't been successful trying to get uh, silkworms to produce spider uh, silk. They have been modified to produce a slightly stronger form of silk. But this is new research that was done by researchers in China. And they used this CRISPR technology that's now been around for a number of years, which enables very precise editing of the genome. So they were able to put the full spider silk production mechanism right in to the production gland of the silkworm. So right gene in the right place. And what they found was these silkworms essentially produced almost identical uh, threads to a spider. And in fact, if they bred two of these silkworms that both had the full copy of the gene, their offspring produced the best product um, that they could get. So this is the first time I think it seems likely that this could be a product we could move into commercialisation. And what would it be used for? I mean, it would probably replace other things where we use very tough fibres. So, for example, armoured vests. It could use, uh, you know, for sutures in surgery. It could be used for harnessing materials or parachute mm. materials, anywhere where we need really, really strong uh, fabrics. Um, so, so, I mean, they need to get over some hurdles. They need to make sure that if they continue to breed these silkworms, they'll continue to keep the gene and it won't drop out. Um, I mean, they, they have the same challenge as current silkworm farmers face and that these little worms can get sick, they can get infections, so they need to make sure that the genetic modification doesn't make them more likely to get sick. Um, and they'll also have to up production. So they'll have to now put this into sort of a commercial silkworm line yeah. which can produce the volume of material that makes it necessary. Mm. And they will have to deal with the kind of legal and regulatory issues around introducing a genetically modified organism to farmers and, and the impact that could have because that yeah. needs to be considered very, very and carefully. And then who owns the patent? Exactly. So, so all of that, you know, in a world where some of these genetically modified technologies might actually be very sustainable, that is kind of something we're going to have to grasp and deal with and make sure that it's dealt with fairly, particularly for farmers. Now, let's move on to AI and how it might help save endangered species. Yeah, I mean, 
monitoring biodiversity is very expensive and it's difficult. Um, so you can imagine out watching animals, needing to watch them for many, many years, really, to understand how a system fully works, costs a huge amount of money. And, and really what AI is very good at is dealing with large amounts of data. So the idea here is, you know, using photography and sound analysis and ca- gathering large amounts of data in a static way, but then giving it to AI so to analyse. fix cameras, fix microphones. Exactly. That, an- that gather all this stuff and AI then crunches. Exactly. And can do it obviously thousands and thousands of times faster than a human. So this is new work that came out in Nature Communications and it was researchers in Germany and, and they went to Ecuador and they went to the Chaco region, which has huge amount of biodiversity, but lots of different types of areas. So there was areas that had been untouched by deforestation, some that had been cleared and was been using for plantations, for cocoa, and some that had started to go back to nature. And they, they had little cameras or little little recorders and they recorded for two minutes every 15 minutes, the microphones. They then gave those audio files to experts who tried to identify the sounds of the birds and the amphibians mm-hmm. that they heard. And then they also gave it to a trained AI model to see how it would do. And in fact, it did really, really well. The AI model was able to pick out 75 of the 77 different uh, species that the experts were able to pick out but in fact, that was the full set of data it had been trained on. So yeah. it did really, really well. And, and in fact, they did find rare species, things like the purple chested hummingbird, this beautiful blue and purple bird, the uh, banded ground cuckoo, again, a beautiful bird, which they thought possibly was extinct in the area. And I think because there's no people there, the area is left undisturbed and this yeah. data is collected in a really effective way. Now, there's a way that we can use AI to monitor the impact of humans using contemporary and historical data. That's right. So this is research from the UK looking at a lake and all of the sediments in the lake were analysed by the researchers. So they were able to look back at the the layers of plants and animals in the lake and they were able to do DNA analysis to know exactly what was in the lake over the course of the last few hundred years. They were then able to compare that with lots of other data sources. And again, this is where AI is very powerful, pulling in lots of data and looking for patterns. So they were able to look at data around use of chemicals, pollutants, um, weather pattern changes. And what they were able to identify was that, in fact, it was it was the human impacts that, that had had the biggest impact on biodiversity. So historical, smaller changes in weather not so much, not it's so us. much impact. It was we the human interventions, which were responsible actually for 90% of the biodiversity reduction in the lake. And again, that's where AI, and we need to be conscious, AI uses a lot of power. It has its own environmental impact, but certainly it has its uses here to help us understand what's going on in the natural world. Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much. Green Scene on the Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low-carbon future. We pledge to do more. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.